0: Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our
1: website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to the podcast, episode 212 for January 2nd, 2015. Today's episode is one that I recorded back in October with David Mann, and we're talking about his newly available third edition of uh, his great book creating a lean culture Uh, i apologize for the hiatus and for the delay in getting this released apologize to david and to the listeners Uh, in november and december uh, things got very busy for me i was in japan i was in the netherlands i'm doing a lot of uh, great travel and uh, work around the united states and uh, podcasts kind of fell to the back burner. So um, again, sorry about that. But I, I do look forward to creating uh, more podcasts, more discussions here in 2015. So you can uh, learn more about David's book, see a video, um, find links um, about how to purchase the book at leanblog.org slash 212. And I want to wish everyone a happy new year. David, hi. Thanks for being a guest again on the podcast today. Hi, Mark. Thanks
0: for having me back.
1: If, uh, if you can believe it, it's, it's been almost exactly eight years since we did a podcast together talking about um, creating a lean culture, your book, and um, all the topics associated there. And I think back then we were probably talking about the original first edition. Is that right?
0: Yeah, right. That, was, that would have been that time.
1: So um, I, w- I would encourage people to, um, you know, to maybe go back and listen to episode nine, um, leanblog.org slash nine. We'll take people there. But, you know, since then, there, there has been a second edition and um, you're currently working on uh, the third edition. So I was wondering if you could talk to the listeners about maybe in general the progression of the book and, and what's changed and what you've, what you've learned and, and, you know, how this new third edition um, it's going to be different.
0: Um, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, the third edition is um, is is done. It's it's at the printer right now, and it's uh, scheduled for release um, later this month on uh, October twenty ninth. Is, is the date? Um, I think it's orderable now, uh, but the physical copies won't be until October twenty ninth. it the progression has been. It, it's it has it's been uh, really interesting and it's been sort of my own version of a lean journey i uh, in going back over um, the uh, the original and then the second edition uh, uh, to produce the third and and then going through the you know the the sort of the, the final steps of, of publication are there's a lot of proofreading back and forth mm-hmm. and sort of uh, pouring over it, and I and I realized that there was a lot that I had learned about what I first wrote about in the, in creating a lean culture. There was a lot that I had learned about the content of that first version um, over the intervening um, eight or nine years. So, I it it this may sound funny, but I I discovered there was there was. There was more than I had realized when I then when I um, put it on paper the first time. So, and some of that has been, a lot of it actually has been based on, you know, just working in the field and um, uh, first internally and and then over the last uh, seven or eight years. Um, Getting the opportunity to um, see lots of uh, lots of organizations that have that have uh, been working at implementing the material in the book, the lean management system, and the different ways that they uh, have gone about doing it that that would never have occurred to me, frankly. And one conclusion is there are a lot of ways to do it right, and mm-hmm. the other is so how you know what what more meaning is there and in, uh, in terms of standard work for leaders and the sequence of implementation, um, uh, the uh, the applications of of lean management in non-manufacturing settings Uh, and then more more recently in the last several years particularly uh, uh, an an issue that concerns as it turns out lots of internal lean leaders and that is that uh, even though they have they're working with the sponsorship of senior executives. Uh, they have a very difficult time. That is, the lean leaders have had a very difficult time getting the senior executives actually involved, not just interested in, but actually involved in uh, the lean initiative. And in the absence of that involvement, um, there's uh, there's risk uh, for the uh, for the you know the continuing support. Coraline Initiative senior mm-hmm. leaders are prone, like many of us, if they're not involved in something, to have their attention drift to something else and wake up one morning and discover that now there's a new initiative that 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 sort of sounds like what we've been doing, that is fundamentally different in pretty important ways. So that so that's um, it's sort of a it's a different level of missing link. It's mm-hmm. more a strategic Missing link for for um, sustaining lean, the lean management system, as um, originally um, laid out, has proved good at, at filling in a gap at a tactical level, uh, but having seen that tactical level um, tightened up, uh, then another issue emerges, just like you, Kaizen and. Mm-hmm see things improve and change, and then all of a sudden problems arise that were apparently hidden in plain view, but until the improvements of the Kaizen were put in place, those uh, later issues, later problems, just simply weren't visible. So now there's this strategic disconnect, if you will, or a disconnect between the strategic level and the tactical level. And some of that plays out in, in, uh, of, in how you understand standard work for leaders when standard work for leaders now involves um, senior executive um, staff members. So what is it that we want them to do? And in in when they do what we um, ask them to do in terms of standard work, what does that teach them about LEAN? Or is it, just another sort of check the box exercise for them yeah. that they do for a while. And and if they're not getting much out of it, you know, they, they may stop or they may continue it, but uh, that is continue um, following this standard work. And, uh, but it actually, uh, is more of a compliance activity mm-hmm. both for them and, and for the, and, and for the parts of the organization to which their standard work takes them. So more of a compliance activity than an improvement activity or a development activity. Right. So that's been that's been particularly that's been particularly interesting.
1: Yeah. So uh, let's maybe delve in a little deeper in, into some of the points you made there. I maybe mean, we talk about maybe for one and we'll we'll delve deeper into leader standard work as a as a topic. but. When you, when you talk about uh, a compliance mentality, that, that seems to not be keeping really in the spirit of lean. You know, I think maybe that's one part of the, is that part of the awkward transition from organizations that have had maybe a more traditional culture that is more top-down or more compliance-based, and now they start trying to layer, you know, some lean methods on top of that. Is is, is that one of the difficulties when you see maybe a mismatch between a mindset and the method.
0: I, I think uh, I think that's a, a fair way to characterize it. Um, and in you know, in terms of uh, in terms of you know, organization structure and organization process, um, the uh, the majority of them that that I see anyhow are you know they're they're um, sort of classic. Uh, uh, vertically oriented organizations, where direction comes from the top. Um, so top down is is pretty common. I mean, most of us who work in organizations work in hierarchical organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are more flexible than others, but uh, the hierarchical structure is going to be is going to be pretty common. So the There, there are. uh, So the so the issue is pretty widespread. I guess I'd say. Yeah. That. So so. The. um, The. um, The intent of leader standard work. um, It seems to me is to, is to guarantee the integrity of the standardized lean production process, whatever that underlying. Um, whatever that underlying process is where at, at the task level it's, there have been lean applications and lean design and the, uh, uh, the integrity of that, of, of that process relies, it seems to me um, on an understanding of why we're doing things the way we're doing so the so for me the integrity of a lean process includes um, um, an understanding that we that that lean is most fundamentally an improvement process mm-hmm. and so we're doing these lean applications to improve and that improvement is something that that is continuous until you reach a point you know that true north point the way Toyota talks about it where basically there are there is zero non value-added activity in the process which is a, a a very long stretch that I don't know i, I haven't I haven't seen that uh, mark i'm mm-hmm. I don't know if you have have either but it's so it it's a it's a goal that sort of is always out there in front of you
1: so one other question I, I would have for you David before maybe diving in deeper um we mentioned other industries I'm, I'm curious to hear either you know about some of your work and the new content in the book because I, I think back even to the first edition of creating a lean culture I've, I've given that book to a lot of healthcare leaders and you know i think even though a lot of it was perhaps based on on, on your work at steel case and and you know, uh, manufacturing environments, um, healthcare leaders found that book incredibly helpful. Um, but the, the book has sort of involve, uh, evolved to include, can can you talk about some of the, you know, the, the work and examples from other industries? So I've been,
0: I've been fortunate the last several years to have, um, uh, gotten around a, a lot, um, uh, spent a bunch of, bunch of time in, uh, on the healthcare side, um, hospitals, um, physician practices, clinics, um, as well as some of the ancillary support activities that that go on um, with healthcare. care. Um, at the same time, uh, in, in fact, literally at the same time for a period of about a year and a half, I was also working in um, um, in process industries uh, and uh, in the uh, in the energy industry. Hmm um um heavy maintenance in process industries and and a and a bunch of other um from from low tech manufacturing, um, uh, metal forming, and then up into um, precision machining, um, engineered materials, um, technology manufacturing, aerospace, and that kind of thing. food processing. Um, whiskey bottling—it's very mm. interesting working in a whiskey bottling plant. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you work in the lab, that means you show up at six o'clock in the morning and you're and you're tasting samples. It's uh, anyhow. So the the world is an interesting place. The uh, the so the, the the principles the principles of the of the of the book across its several editions um, are are unchanged, but the 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 sort of the lessons from application um, are uh, um, are the things that 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 have evolved um, uh, the the idea one of the ideas that that has you know sort of come to the surface for me over the, the, that period of time is the idea of the value proposition of the lean management system from the point of view of the of people that were asking to participate in it to use it um, whether they're um, uh, frontline staff people, um, uh, first level leaders or all the way up through the organization. Uh, and in you know, the hierarchical organizations, the way most are, are, um, um, are uh, the structure that, that you find most commonly. Right. Um, when, you, when you go up in a hierarchical organization, um uh, for example, um, uh, asking executives to um, and this would be actually most common in um, in hospital settings asking executives to round um, or to have uh, to have their own standard work that gets them out to um, often um, frontline work areas or the or the uh, the the visual centers or team centers, um, where employees um, huddle or where metrics are tracked and updated on a, on a, on often a daily basis, in some cases a weekly basis. That their standard work will will take them out to those areas, um, and rounding in healthcare, of course, is something that's that's done by. Um, You know, it's done by uh, by physicians and it's done by chiefs. It's a a very good example of the master-apprentice model for learning and teaching Mm. when you're when you're rounding in a clinical education setting. But there's a there's what I what I see most often um, in 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 um, executives so these would be administrative executives rather than um, the senior most clinical leaders
2: right.
0: although sometimes there as well um, the the rounding seems to be more a compliance feeling activity um, than a learning and teaching activity uh, right. and and that's a that's a, um, I think a, a critical distinction and it's one that while it, it's I think the clearest illustration of that distinction is is visible in healthcare care um, in part because there's more of it um, the uh, lean influences in healthcare including yours have have you know with with uh, um, I, I think very good reason said gee we need to you know we need to have um, uh, the the support for the for sticking with the discipline of the lean applications all the way down the organization. And, uh, and I, and I, that's, uh, uh I think that's a positive thing. I think that's a well-founded thing. But coming back to uh, what we were talking about a couple of minutes ago, if the intent of standard work is to guarantee the integrity of the, of the standardized lean, um, production system at the at the value adding level at the front line level. Part of the integrity of of a lean system is that it is focused on continuous improvement. That it recognizes that that even after improvements have been made, imperfections remain, and those imperfections are often not visible in, until um, um, a layer of improvement. Happens and and the, the previous problems um, have now been um, uh, uh, eliminated at a root cause level, but that allows you to see other problems that previously mm-hmm. were you know were in disguise, right. were hidden.
1: Well, and, and, so, and I think when when people are you know uh, too compliance focus, they are focused too much you know, they're focused too much on, well, here here is the standard work, you need to be following it, as opposed to, well, we should be following it but also improving it. And I've seen, you know, a lot of times what looks like somebody not following the standard work is actually somebody in the middle of Kaizen. They might look very similar and you know the the compliance mindset stifles the improvement work, which, which is, as you're saying is, is something we don't want to see happen exactly
0: and 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 from the point of view of the executives um who are you know dutifully they um they have their standard work and they and they go and they're and they're basically doing auditing um you know is there um are there measures on the board yes there are measures on the board are the measures um uh, the data displayed or is that up to date yes it's up to date um does the does the board um have the appearance uh, where there is an emphasis on standard boards? Uh, uh, you know does it look right? Um, is there evidence that people are meeting
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know and and it's uh, and it and it's very much like a it's a, it's a checklist and and there's there's nothing wrong with checklists per se but if but if i'm if I'm checking boxes um, i'm I'm checking boxes that would, that typically would be based on, on, on the surface of things. Uh, And, and that's, it, it, that doesn't, it doesn't have a lot of, um, it doesn't have a lot of meaning, I think, for executives because they have a difficult time connecting that with, with their responsibilities Mm -hmm. and their responsibilities in, uh, from, uh, for the lean initiative um, are different from the responsibilities of 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 people like us who worry about the nuts and bolts of the of the lean implementation itself, and 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 how those nuts and bolts are working and where they might need to be tuned. Uh, the executives, had, uh, uh, I think, sort of taking a step back, which we had to do several years ago because we were in a position of losing the the support of our executives. This is when I was working internally at Steelcase. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, the executives are responsible. This was our conclusion. Sort of taking a step back and saying, "Well, you know, what what what? Uh, how come we're losing the support of people who initially were our sponsors?
2: Right, right.
0: And and how how should we understand them? And we um, sort of took some of our own advice, which we um, had not been following." Which was to look at our executives as our customers. Previously, we had been thinking of them. They were basically, um, we decided that they were going to be our apprentices, and we were going to teach them lean the way we learned lean by sort of dunking them deep into the you know into the, the, the lean tool applications. And, and you know, by George, that's the way you learn lean. Well, it, it, that's true. If if you if you're willing to learn lean because you're trying to learn how to be an implementer or how to sustain the things that have been implemented in your area and and what further applications um, for improvement um, you can see, but executives aren't interested for the most part
1: mm-hmm.
0: in 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 being lean implementers uh, right, because right. again they have, you know they got people like us to worry about yeah. that.
1: Well, and, and, and maybe for good reason i mean i see this and and i find myself saying you know sometimes say well you know uh, oh you know we want to implement lean and and i say, well you know i try to say it in kind of a cheeky way like well you know well who cares right you know, but, mm-hmm. but if we want to improve safety not harm as many patients improve quality yeah you know, improve the workplace um, i mean th- those are all noble and important and meaningful goals that lean and a lean management system can help us accomplish, right? Is, is that when you, you know when you talked earlier about the value to executives, or how how else would you articulate that? Well, the,
0: so the so the value proposition um, is is um, is interestingly, I mean, the value proposition is not very complicated. The value proposition basically answers the question, well, what why why should I do this? What's mm-hmm. in it for me? Mm-hmm. And if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm a phlebotomist uh, and, uh, and uh, what's in it for me in a lean application might be that when I show up in the room, the patient's there uh-huh.
2: yeah.
0: instead of, you know, my having to, you know, um, you know, try to find them um, for uh, um, for um, uh, 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 a supervisor uh in, in in any kind of organization. It could be a supervisor in a call center, it could be a supervisor, uh a nurse manager, uh, could be a supervisor in a physical production facility, but pretty much anywhere. The value proposition for a supervisor um is is gee, we put we put lean we put these lean tools in place and it and it eliminated some problems that were sources of chronic aggravation for me. Um and and so what's in it for me from lean is these chronic aggravations have gone away. The value proposition for the lean management system is if you if we do these these pretty straightforward things in the lean management system, the problem won't come back. Right. Because you'll be sustaining um the um the, the lean production process that we've put in place. And as a bonus, um the lean management system is gonna bring to the surface further opportunities for improvement. So not only do you sustain the initial gains that you got from the lean tools, um, but you actually um, um, are then able to, uh, to take advantage of these further opportunities for improvement that come up from close focus on the process and tracking the, um, the deviations from what you expect and you know thinking of them as opportunities for improvement And then using what you've learned about lean to um, to make still further improvement. So the value proposition is it's getting rid of it's 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 keeping the it's it's keeping the solved problems from coming back. And it's and it's and it's using the process to identify for you um, other opportunities to make further improvement. So so that's a So that's pretty good. Um, And if you're at, if you're at a, at a line level, whether frontline or uh, line management, you know, up to, oh, maybe, uh, you know, a department administrator or a plant manager, you know, it depends on your structure and and industry. But if you've got tactical responsibilities, the lean management system is going to, is going to help you with um, uh, sustaining the improvements in your tactical Mm -hmm. processes um, and uh, and uh, and benefiting from further improvement but if you're if you're an executive you don't have tactical responsibilities anymore you have strategic responsibilities and even if you came up through the, the operations side of your organization uh, even if you um, uh, uh, have a technical background let's say you you know, went through three years of calculus to become an engineer but that, that, those aren't your responsibilities anymore. Um, and it's not that you're not interested in them, um, uh, in most cases, but you have other much more pressing things to worry about. The things that wake you up at uh, three o'clock in the morning are not problems that your that your technical background is, is going to be all that helpful in, in solving. Um, as a, um, as a, uh, so by contrast, when you're an executive and you've and you've signed up for a lean initiative, um, in your um, in your organization, in your facility, in your plant, in your hospital, in your department, um, you you are you have responsibility for for that initiative. You've signed up for lean. Um, because you also have year on year improvement goals and you've signed up for lean as a, as a way of reaching those goals. So you've got that, you've got responsibility for the initiative at a much broader level and directly related to that, you have responsibility for the integrity of your chain of command, executing the lean initiative all the way down through the front line, because that's, that's where those benefits are going to come from. So, um, the, the reason um, that I think is makes more sense to executives because the, it, because it addresses the value proposition for them, is that the reason to go to the front line is not to do a box checking exercise to make sure that everything looks mm-hmm. right, Right. But rather to to have the conversation with with frontline people and with and with first and second level leaders to assess whether they understand what they're doing. So why why are we doing lean? Tell me how these tools have worked for you. Um, Can you can you give me an example of 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 how they've been beneficial? Um, How do these how do these boards work? How do these visual controls work? but have they, have they, you know, helped resolve problems that, that have come up? Um, so you're, so you're, you're asking those kinds of questions often explicitly, and you're also making observations. Gee, the board looks nice, but is there any evidence of improvement that I can see that's related to these things that, um, uh, that, that are displayed on these, on these visual control centers? So the, the um, the The reason to do this as an executive is is pretty straightforward um when you know when framed this way, and that is that if you if people at the front line tell you and i and i've you know heard you know, people have told me this yeah i know we're we've got these boards up here and these charts but you know i've been i 've been you know putting problems that I run into in my in my daily work i've been i've been putting problems on these charts for you know for uh for six months and uh, not darn things ever happened with them so like uh, i guess you know you're asking me how i like the chart i guess i'm done with this chart mm-hmm. this is this is just uh this is just you know signs and lines this is just some bureaucratic stuff that was somebody's good idea but it's not really doing anything for us it's a waste of my time yeah. if you hear that red lights should be going off in your head not and, and not in a way that that, you know, that says you should chew out whoever it is you're talking to right. or or go find their supervisor and chew them out. Hmm. What you're what you're seeing is evidence that that between you and this frontline person um, is your chain of command. And someplace in your in that chain of command, well, there there are broken links. you're saying chain of
1: command with. Command is is I mean that that that's that's a different phrase from a different era. You're, I mean, uh, it seems kind of out of place uh, in an environment you're describing, where it's it's about leaders learning and teaching and and, and working together. Uh, they're they're within the leadership chain, or you know, yeah,
0: the, so yeah. chain of command, not yeah. not in a in a um, you know in a negative way, but yeah. So I'm uh, you know if I'm Uh, in your worst nightmare, if I'm a senior executive, not, um, but if I'm a senior executive, there's an, there's an organization I'm responsible for an organization, um, in, in which there are multiple levels, uh, you know, five, six, something like that. And, um, and that's my organization structure. And, and, um, if you think about so, if you think about chain of command in a Hoshin Kanri kind of context, mm-hmm. uh, or in a strategy deployment context, the uh, the strategy gets deployed down through the levels of the organization, and and supporting the uh, the application of the strategy. So, the lean applications here at the at the front line levels. Um, and when I go to the front line, and the front line tells me, you know this stuff really doesn't mean anything to me and it's not really helping. Um, there's, there's a lack of understanding and, and there's a lack of effectiveness. And, and it's not the, the problem is not the, the person telling you this and the problem probably isn't their supervisor, but rather the problem is someplace embedded in your organization structure down through your subordinate executives, middle managers, line leaders, down to the front line. So that's so that's a that's a managerial responsibility that that as a senior executive, you're the only one who can do anything about it. So you've got this managerial responsibility for the integrity of your chain of command and you've got this strategic responsibility for the um, for the the effectiveness of the lean strategy or whatever other strategy doesn't necessarily have to be that, but we're talking about lean. So you've got strategic responsibility um, because you have because you've endorsed the lean initiative to produce the benefits that 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 the organization expects you to produce, Um, uh, and so strategically you need you need to make from your strategic responsibility you need to make sure that the strategy is being faithfully executed down through your organization and from a managerial perspective. You want to make sure that there's integrity in your organization, so that decisions about strategy that you've arrived at, one hopes with your with your team, are actually being supported as you as you go as you go through the rungs, uh, the levels, um, uh, in your organization, so that the so that the under so the strategy is being. Commonly understood, explained, and reinforced all the way down to the point where the actual benefit um, gets developed, gets produced, which is at the front line.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So if I'm when I w- w- you can have a conversation with your uh, with your executives um, explicitly in those terms or the executives probably are going to understand it without without uh, a lot of coaching. That, that, that leader standard work for executives, seems to me, is to go test for the integrity of the, of, um, of the system, of your system of organization, and the effectiveness of the strategy. That it's actually being um, deployed at the front line, and that it's actually producing benefits that people at the front line can describe to you, and that in many cases you can see for yourselves. That's very different from looking at, at, um, at a highly distilled report of activities or somebody's version of dollar cost savings or, or what have you. Um, it's not that those reports are, are bad things, but in the absence of, of really going to where you can um, look and see and, 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 and listen and learn and touch them, uh it's it's you shouldn't really be confident that that those reports are um are reflecting that all the things that you want to be happening are happening
2: right
0: so you want to reinforce those things and the way to reinforce it is 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 to go see so that that would be the same in any organization but go and see and and have those conversations with uh um, with the frontline people that, you know, the, the, that, the, the classic decoding the DNA of the Toyota production system, that Harvard business review article from, from the nineties, mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly, I don't know exactly the year, but what's, what's the process here? The, the, the those classic questions, what's the process here? How can you tell it's working? Um, what do you, What do you do when uh, when it 's not working? Um, um, is there work going on to improve it There, 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 there are variations on those questions, but they um, uh, they expand the intent um, so that they they form uh, the framework uh, for observations and conversations at the front line. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot more, that's a lot more meaningful than walking around with a checklist and check, 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 check. So I've, so I've checked my checklist, you know, every, um, every week for the last six months. And I'm, it's not really clear to me what I'm getting from that. Is it, is it worth my time to do this? And, and, uh, you know, what we found is the answer is, well, you know, not so much. I'm just, I'm complying. I'm being, I'm being a good soldier. But I'm I've I've got responsibilities that, that this checklist doesn't help me with, so the value proposition for uh, for a senior executive is is yes this this helps me with my responsibility for maintaining um, the the quality and tone of my organization, um, and it, and and it helps me um, uh, with evidence of where improvement is actually happening. Uh, and um, and that I'm confident that we're going to get the results that I've promised my board of directors.
1: Right. Well, maybe one other question I ask before we wrap up. Um, you know, I think you, know, you you do a good job of spelling out the dangers of you know applying a practice like rounding and and taking maybe an overly mechanical view of well, you know, this this is this is the checklist that I saw some other organization use, and here's the timing and you know kind of just checking through the what to do mm-hmm. but you know i think there's deeper questions of you know as as you as you're bringing up well how you do it how you're behaving that's that's harder to put into you know um, a checklist i you know usually these checklists don't say you know ask two non-judgmental open-ended questions of inquiry like it's not <laughs> that directive but that's probably what we'd hope to see people doing um I'm I'm curious from from your perspective, you know, since your background is is social science and curious your thoughts on on changing behaviors if if there's a senior leader you're working with who says, "Okay, I want to do this. I want a lean management system for these benefits that that we've discussed and and for these reasons, but I've been doing it this old way for 30 years, you know, from when I was a frontline supervisor perhaps all the way up to being a plant manager" How, how realistic is it or, or what do you do to try to help somebody change fundamental mindsets or, or underlying behaviors? Of uh, You know, somebody goes out for rounding or a gimbal walk, and, and they see a problem and they leap to blame a person. I mean, what, what, what hope is there of, of somebody wanting to change or effectively changing in the context of this management system?
0: Well, that's, that's really, that's, um, I'm glad you asked that. that that's, a, uh, that's an important question. So so it, it starts it starts with the problem starts with our assumption that executives know how to do this. They that they know they know how to round or gamble walk um in in ways that are that will pay off for them, the value proposition stuff. And uh and stop and ask yourself, wh- how why should any executive know how to gamble walk or round in a lean from a lean perspective if they if they have never had any contact with Lean before,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? They they don't know. We assume that they know because they have these high positions, but they don't know. So the the so come back to uh, Gemba walk as a as a learning and teaching process as opposed to a compliance process. What we've what 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 I what I've done both internally and externally um, is is to uh, to think about. Um, a, a Gemba walk as, as a repeatable um, process that's not going to surprise your executive is not going to, is, is, is going to allow the executive to be prepared um, to find the answers to the kinds of questions that we've been talking about. You know, the questions of, of not just of compliance, but, but understanding and, and effectiveness. So um so before sending your executives out to gemba walk, um, what you know what I recommend is you gemba walk with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, I, we've reformatted a lean management standard assessment um, to uh, dimension by dimension. So uh, uh, an example would be uh, an assessment would be assessing visual controls, or um, uh, standard accountability processes or assessing leader standard work. So each one of those assessments is, it's a one page document. It's got some diagnostic questions on it, five or six diagnostic questions, a brief statement of intent um, and a, and a rating scale. And uh, so this repeatable um, um, process that turning the gimbal walk into a repeatable process so the executive understands what, what, what she's going to be asked what it is that she's supposed to do um, that she's prepared uh, um, to to lead the gemba walk herself because she's responsible for her own learning so we so we we meet um, the you know the 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 lean resource you or i or, or one of our one of our colleagues in the organization hands the executive the the, the gemba walk so we're going to look at visual controls today oh, okay so I understand what it means because I, I, I you know i have been around this block before Gemba walking so i so I look at this one pager, it's got three. you've highlighted three um, of the diagnostic questions. This is what we're going to focus on today, so it's questions for you to answer. And we're gonna go out to such and such an area and um, uh, and the, you've talked about so I'm you know I'm here. Today with Mark, uh, I'm I'm really here as a student, uh, and you know you all are the are the teachers. You've been doing this lean stuff, so I I you know I need to get the answers to a few questions here. So you know, so I, you sort of set people at ease. Then. Then that so your executive is then is leading the conversation. you know you or I might ask a leading question if, if, we, if we want to steer things in a particular way but the, but the executive is responsible for her own learning here, mm. um, getting the answers to the questions. we then as we're walking off the floor, um, um, you ask the executive the the critical question is that the, um, the one pager has a five. Point rating scale on it, self-describing five-point rating scale. So, how do you think they did? And if it's the first time, um, the executive might say, "Well, you know, they, 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 you know, they had the boards up there, and the, the boards looked pretty good, and you know, they were they were neat, and they they the measures looked like they were current." I'd say this five-point scale, I'd uh, I'd give them, I'd say they're maybe like a three and a half, maybe maybe even higher. And uh, and and you say. You know the the socially appropriate equivalent of, oh, David, no good, <laughs> because she's not seeing what you're seeing, right? And and the idea of the Gemba walk is to see what your teacher sees, and that and that would be true in um, in a clinical Gemba walk. It's certainly true in a lean Gemba walk. Mm-hmm. So you then that the, your executives are are um, if they're like all the executives I've ever encountered, they're they're very bright they're quick studies, they're extremely competitive, highly achievement oriented. Mm -hmm. These are the people who got an A on every test they ever took, (laughs) Um, and that's, that's part of that competitiveness and achievement oriented. They're action oriented, so they like being in charge of their own gamble walk. They wanna be prepared, have a little bit of staff work, and that's what the one pager does, because they wanna feel comfortable, confident, and competent when they're out doing something that, is, you know, that shows up on their calendar, now it's time to go to this place and do this thing with these people. So, you're, so you're, you've prepared them for all of that. The test really hooks them. The, the test is, you know, you gave them, you think they're a low two, and they think it's a high three. When you, when you let them know that they haven't passed the test, you've opened about a 90-second teachable moment for them. And and you quickly say, well, you know, this is what this is what I saw. Yes, the boards were up to date, but you know, but when we asked people about them, they sort of hemmed and hawed, and and they didn't really give us the the sense that they knew why they were doing this, and they weren't able to tell us um, how things had uh, had improved as a result of of, uh, of using these boards. Oh, okay. So you so it's it it, it it's it's teaching um, a different behavior. So an alternative positive behavior to simply checklist rounding. Um, it makes it personally meaningful. They wanna get an A on the test. Um, and they and they can very easily get the sense without that being a, a, even a, 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 an explicit topic of conversation that, hmm, I'm being told one thing about how effective lean is here, but my observations suggest maybe not so much. Mm. So, so maybe I, uh, uh, if I'm an executive, I, I might ask one of my lean resources, where do you think I should, uh, who do you think I should gamble walk in my organization? Because now the, the managerial responsibility is, is assessing. So where is the weak link in my organization? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to go gamble walk them because after doing this, you know, uh, uh, one or, or two times, maybe three on something like visual controls, and the other the other elements of lean management are are equally straightforward i'm going to be able to go gimbal walk one of my subordinates someplace in my organization, and i'm going to be able to tell whether whether he or she understands what we're trying to do here yeah, and it's then my job to do you know reset expectations, do some coaching, and expect to see things to improve uh, as i'm gimbal walking in the future, and if they don't improve then I've got a whole other kind of problem, a performance issue in my organization. I know how to deal with those things. So that, so that it, because uh, because this it's a it's a, a process that executives quickly are comfortable with, um, and 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 they see how it affects their the things that are important to them that are meaningful um, to helping them do a better job. Mm-hmm um, that, um, um, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty effective pretty quickly. Yeah. You do this several times and, you know, and, and people are able to do it themselves comfortably and they, and they see the benefit, they experience the benefit from doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, good. And I, well, I hope the discussion and, and the new book helps people, uh, forward in that process, um, Creating a Lean Culture, third edition, uh, coming out, you said, October 29th? Yes, uh huh. As much as the the, the publishing value stream is predictable, hopefully uh, (laughs) that date holds. Um, People can find it. It it, it is available for pre-order on Amazon, uh, Productivity Press, is, uh, is, is the publisher. So their website has it. And, and David, what, uh, tell the listeners what, what your personal website is, if people would like to, uh, reach out and and maybe talk to you or learn more about your work.
0: Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's D all one word D man com. man has two ends. And, uh, there's a, um, I, I did a brief video, um, uh, describing the, um, some of the what's new in the book, basically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the uh, website information is um, on the screen at the end of that video, too.
1: Okay, great. And I'll make sure that video is embedded in the episode page um, for for this podcast um, over on the blog, which uh, can be found at leanblog.org slash 212. So um, yeah, I uh, encourage people who are listening to this in their cars or Out for a walk or something, uh, go back to your computer, come to the website, and um, watch that video. Learn more about um, David's books. I'm real excited that this uh, new edition is coming out. Congratulations on that. And uh, thanks for taking time to talk with us today. Thank you, Mark. Always a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and
1: commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org.